0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. The sun is out, the Lord is here, and it 's Sunday morning. So this morning I've been asked to talk on the topic of identity. Now this is such an important topic. There is so much confusion out there in the world about our identity, what we identify ourselves and call ourselves, and it's just just going kind of a bit crazy at the moment. but I want to say to you, if you are a Christian if you have given your life to Jesus and you've made that decision to follow Christ today and previously, your identity, identity, is a son and a daughter. You're a son and a daughter. You're a son and a daughter. And God doesn't want us, often we can know this in our head. Yeah, the Bible says, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Or, you know, we know stuff like, oh yeah, God's our Father, Father, God, um, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know in our head, but we need to have a revelation in our heart. Because as I travel and wherever I go, time and time I see God's children, they don't know who they're called to be, they don't know their dad. And they're living in a false identity. I'm going off track. They're living in falsehood. And I want to, I'm so honoured that they've asked me to talk about this. We were God's children. So if we don't know, we don't have that revelation as father, that God is our heavenly father, we will walk around like orphans. You see, God created the world. He created Adam and Eve. Why? Because he wanted relationship, Right. He wanted to walk and talk to his children. He didn't create it because he couldn't think of anything better to do. He created it because he wanted relationships. He's a dad that cares. He's a dad that's interested. He's a dad that wants to know you and walk with you. And he's always had that desire. And then you've got Jesus, the son, who probably... I'm making this up because it's not in the Bible. But I imagine he's seeing his dad disappointed because he's not now, because of what Adam and Eve done, because sin in the world separated God from mankind, Jesus said, I'll go, I'll go, I'll die. I'll come and live and take the form of man. I'll take their place so they can have a relationship with you. Because God grieves because he wants his sons and daughters. And he made the massive sacrifice of sin in his son. So he can have a relationship with you. It's the most precious gift we have. That's why God made the world. He made it because he wanted to have a relationship with sons and daughters. And you know what? The enemy will attack that. He will attack that. He hates the fact that Jesus did what he did. He hates the fact that now we, as we give our lives to Jesus... That through Jesus, we now have access to the Father. It says the veil is torn, and we can come into God's presence. We can hear his voice. We can feel his embrace, his love, his touch, taste and see, I'm good. He hates it. He hates it. And his plan of action is to stop as many Christians and people from having that. He's going to attack your relationship with God. He's going to attack your identity as a child of God. If you think about Adam and Eve, you know, he said to Eve, did God really say you can't eat from this tree? In other words, he was bringing doubt in the goodness of God. And sometimes that's what the devil does. Bad things happen and we kind of think, well, is God really good. And we blame God. We say, oh, all these bad things, how can there possibly be a God? And we blame him. But we forget there's a devil That is creating these things. It's him. It's not God. It is not God. He's a good God. But the devil did that with Eve. He bought doubt. And what about Jesus? So there's the first Adam who bought sin, who was the first person who walked with God and sin separated by them eating that apple. And then you've got the second Adam, which is Jesus. And he comes and he just gets baptized. He's at the Jordan. and he gets baptised and the heavens are rendered open and God the Father says this is my son in whom I love and I'm well pleased <laughs> well pleased you are his son you are his daughter and he's well pleased with you he's pleased that you made that decision to say I follow you God he's pleased with that decision and then what happens to Jesus? Sorry, I know you probably know all this stuff, but we need to remind ourselves that Jesus goes to the wilderness. And what does the devil do? Did God really say, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, jump off this mountain. If you are. Even he, tried, he even tried to tempt Jesus. He even caught, tried to get Jesus down. What a fool. What a fool. Because Jesus knew. And we need to know the way Jesus knows. We need to know that we are the Son of God. That we are God's children. We're no longer orphans. But we have been adopted. So when you become a Christian, you get adopted into God's family. This is God's family. You belong here, guys. This is your family. When I became a Christian, I, had, I never knew what it was to be in family Actually, my family didn't want me. I always felt like the outside of the black sheep in my family. And then when I became a Christian and I came to church, the love I felt from people, the encouragement, the building up, the prayer, everything that the body of Christ, and it's not the leaders, which they're great, but it's you guys. You guys can bring that encouragement, that love, just giving me your time. And I felt being built up, not just by the body of Christ, as well as my relationship with God, important, this is family. This is family. And we're sons and daughters. We've got the same dad. We've got the same dad. We've got the same dad. The devil doesn't want you to know whose you are, who you are, and what you carry. He does not want you. He doesn't want you to know you are God's daughter and son. He doesn't want you to know that you are a child of God. And it doesn't want you to know what you carry, but guys, we need to know what we carry. We need to know what we carry. So, how do we walk in our true identity? Okay. So this, I was going to say, it's going to take. A look. I am got a lot to say, so forgive me. I'll try to keep you interested. Try not to fall asleep. <laughs> but how do we walk in our identity? And I'm going to look at the book of Romans eight. Verse, verse 14 to 7, um, Romans 8, verse 14 to 17. And I'm just going to go verse by verse, if that's okay. And I'm just going to unpack this. I had so much I wanted to say, but I'm, I've had to rein it in. So um, this is what I the Lord wanted me to do. So Romans 8, I'm going to start with verse 14. I should thank you, Dan. You're amazing. And thank you. Verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Be led by the Spirit of God. Be led by him. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Ask God, should I be doing this job? Should I be going there? Don't just do your own thing. You know, you're adopted in the family and often we you go, Dad, can I do this? Dad, should I do this? You know, Come and talk to your dad about stuff. Come to the Holy Spirit. It says in Galatians 4, 6, Because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to to call out Abba, Father. That's where you need to be led by the Spirit because we need to have times when we're prompted. This morning, Jane prayed for me and she just spoke some, Words, it was almost like the Father speaking to me. And it was the, the Holy Spirit prompting. And I just, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you. And that's why we've got to walk with the Spirit. That's why we've got to lead. Because we've just got to be reminded of who we are. Okay? We've got to be reminded of who we are. I want to ask you the question. And think about this. If you're not being led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, who's leading you? Because you are being led by something. And I know before I was a Christian, I was led by a lot of stuff. So make a choice who you want to lead you. Because he wants to lead you to a life that's full. A spirit gives life in all its fullness. So who do you want to lead you? Verse 15. So you are not, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you. As you, as you as his own children, you are adopted. You are not orphans. You're adopted. And I heard, I don't know where I heard this, but apparently in, um, adoption was a higher call. If someone adopted you in those days, that was a higher meaning than actually just being born in the family. You know, there's a, it was a, a real privilege, and they have the same rights as someone who was born in the family. So adoption is an honour and a privilege because you're chosen. You're not an accident. You are not an accident, but you're chosen and you're adopted. God oh. is not looking for slaves. I, like I said, I travel the world, and I'm a, I travel and go wherever God and I see so many. Christians who get burnt out and are performing or trying so hard to be good enough, to be anointed enough, to be um, powerful enough that they become slaves. Almost like they, they forget their children and start thinking, if I do this and God's going to love me, or I'm going to be successful, or I'm going to be a better Christian, or do you know and We become slaves to performance and to do stuff. And God is not calling you to be slaves, because if you are slaves, then you will get your identity in things like money, your job, your children, your looks, your ministry. We've got to be careful, and ministry, which is meant to be a thing that we're meant to be doing for God, can be a thing we get identity, I, yeah. and we can get identity from um, what people say about us. I know, I've had to deal, deal with these things, do you know, I used work, I to work um, so when I became a Christian, God really, I really encountered the Father's love. I, I, I never had a loving Father, but I had an experience and love of the Father. He came and filled me with such love. And, um, and then I started to work in a job, and I, all, God was very kind to me, and he gave me a lot of success in work, and I'd go, I'd be promoted very quickly. And I remember, like, I, I was wo- working with this guy called Walter, I was working with drug and alcoholics in London, and um, this old man, lovely, sweet man, Walter, was my boss, and I was a service. I was working with um, drug addicts, and then I got promoted as the manager of the team. And I found myself that the 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 um, the project I was on was getting bigger and bigger. I was getting favor; other people wanted to give us contracts. It was like wow, you know, and it was like, and Walter was really affirming, he was going, oh, wow, this is amazing, and the, it was just getting bigger and bigger, and I started to get my affirmation from Walter, so I ended up working even harder for Walter, to the point, I remember, this is very clearly, this is where it really broke, I'm on Valentine's Day, and I am come home, I meant to finish work at half um, 4. Uh, it's 6pm and I'm still on the phone to Walter. And there's Andy sitting there waiting to have a meal with his boys waiting for his dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, there was still an orphan in me. That was looking to man to affirm me. And we still got, it's the ongoing thing that we we'll to work through. You know, and I've done it again and again. That's why I don't work. That's why I live by faith. Because every time I work for a boss, I end up, you know, giving too much for myself. So I've made God my boss and I'm allowing him to have, to give me everything I need. Because if we don't get it from God, we're going to get it from the world. We're going to get it from waters in this world. Father figures. And then it says, instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you, I just want to tell it backtrack. It says here about fearful slaves. When we are not getting, when we are living as slaves, if we're getting an affirmation from these things, our ministry, our children, whatever it is, we become slaves to those things. So when those things are taken away, you lose your job, or when we lose a kid, I lost a child. When those things are taken away, we become a slave. We can live in fear. God doesn't want you to be fearful. He has not made you fearful slaves. But if you get your identity from those things, you'll be a slave to those things. Okay. So it's really important. And then it says, "Instead, you've received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. We have received God's true um, adoption." And what we need to do to break out is that we need to receive. We need to allow ourselves to receive that. So often we know it, it's, we just know too much in our head. but We're not allowing the word of God to get into our hearts, to get into our soul, get into our spirit. We're not allowing it to germinate inside us. We're not allowing the Holy Spirit to give, revel- give revelation of all these stuff. So we, in order to receive the spirit of adoption, you need to renounce an orphan spirit, and an orphan heart. We need to renounce it. We need to say, I'm not gonna have this anymore. And then when we renounce it, so as turning away from him, repenting from it, and then we come into and receive the adoption as sons and daughters of the Most High. And we receive the spirit of adoption And that will become a revelation. A revelation that you are loved. That you are not fatherless. That you, I am not fatherless. I am not fatherless. And verse 15, later on it says, Now, we can call him Abba Father. Daddy. Daddy, Daddy, if Abba means. Daddy. He wants intimacy with us. He wants us to be close. And I know that some of us have had absent fathers. I know for some of us, we haven't had good fathers. And even if we have had good fathers, they're not being the fa- heavenly father. And so there is wounds that we carry because we haven't got, had that. That God wants to heal and restore. Because you know something? I was that person. Like I said, my dad couldn't stand the sight of me. He'd look at me with such disgust. I couldn't be in the same room with him. He just had no desire for me. But when I, meet, when I met my Heavenly Father, he just loved me. He chose me. And he loves you. And he's chosen you. And I want to say to you, their are father wounds. If your father never affirmed you, and if your father spoke badly of you, then today the Lord wants to heal those wounds. You don't have to live with those wounds. But God wants to heal. The Holy Spirit wants to come and heal those wounds. And I love the fact that God has, he is he's not coming as God, this mighty warrior. he the Father. Because he knew we needed a father. Because no, it doesn't matter how good your earthly father was, they're not perfect. And what did he say? Only a person as good as God so that's what we need, the heavenly father. It doesn't matter how great your dad was. Verse 16. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So his spirit comes and dwells in us. And that's why we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit to affirm us. And I love the fact he says that um, affirms that we are God's children. There are a lot of... People have not been affirmed by their, um, going back to this thing, being affirmed by their dad. So, Andy, can you stand up? Sorry. So, this is what a father's affirmation does. Can I give you this? Yeah. Ah. So, this is what a father's, this is what a father's meant to be doing. This is good, who I made, in the core of who you are as children. You can put that. (laughs) <laughs> In the court to me, not you. You're not talking, <laughs> are you? <laughs> I wasn't sure actually wasn't. <laughs> You're just going to hold the mic so I can talk through. everything. This is what the father wants to do. He wants to affirm who we are. And I want to say with men, a lot of fathers haven't been able to affirm you because they themselves haven't been affirmed. Maybe the dad's working. And it's not it's not a hate thing with dads. Maybe they're working trying to provide you food and blah, 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 and they've not had... Or oh, known how to affirm you. But I love how the father, it says here that he wants to affirm you as his children. He wants to say, this is good. And my Andy, my husband, I've, I've told him I'm going to talk about this. I know that he's got a lovely dad. I love my father-in-law. I hope he doesn't listen to this. But got... <laughs> I love my father-in-law. But he never really affirmed Andy. And Andy found it really hard to make decisions. Because he wasn't sure about himself. And that's, that's what happens when you're not being affirmed. You can't, you're not sure, you doubt everything, you doubt yourself, you're struggling, trying to work it out. And even to the point when we are trying to, like, when we were getting together, we were breaking up every other week because he was scared of making a mistake. And literally, we it was awful, our dating. It was absolutely awful. And we got to a point where we are on and off, on and off for about a year. It was horrendous. And then finally, the last point, his dad... We've, we've just finished, and they've gotten to know me, they've gotten to love me. Um, and his dad said to Andy, because it was a final, I couldn't take any more of this, him not having, you know, being confused. And I remember his dad saying to him, Andy, you're making a mistake. And it was almost like son in him. that like He needed that father to say, to affirm, to say, this is the right decision. But because he hadn't been affirmed by his dad, he was he was confusion, he was in confusion. So if you've not been affirmed by right you're I want to say your Heavenly Father wants to take time in the you, and he wants almost see him doing that. And the heart, and so it he stays within, stays within. You are loved. You are good. What decisions you make, they are okay. I'm with you. You're not alone. Verse 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share, but if we are to share in his glory, guys, we also must share in his suffering. You can't just have one and not the other. And sometimes it's hard being a Christian. And sometimes you want to give up. But actually you don't. Because your father, Jesus said, you know, in this world you have many trials. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, when we lost our daughter, it was only because I knew He was a good God, a good Father, that cling, caused me to cling to Him, and then He was able to carry me through the most painful time of my life. And I felt God's presence in a way that I would not exchange that, because I knew I knew that He was good, and I knew Him carrying. And I know my little girl's in heaven, having a wonderful time. This is not it, guys. This is just a. You know, this is just let's let's live for God here. Don't live for the world. Don't live for yourself. Live for Him, because when you go there, it's, it's just going to be even more amazing, and it's for eternity. So make a good choice now. <laughs> Keep going off tensions, So we are His
1: hairs. I'm just going to share a story about
0: something that God beautifully did for me. So I, so as you can see, I'm Indian, and um sorry, very loud, and um, you might surprise you, and. When I became a Christian, my child, t- like I said, it's not wasn't great, right? And when I became a Christian, um, so da, 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 I became a Christian, it was an amazing encounter. And God, I read a scripture that says, what's in your heart comes out your mouth. And I made the crazy decision and the stupid decision of saying, God, show me my heart. <laughs> and then I was on a mission to Amsterdam with YWAM for a month. And every day, I'd meet someone with a connection with India, a heart for India. And as I was talking to them every day, I can see, see my heart was, I was racist towards Indians. It was just ugly. You see, I was so, it was such a painful being an Indian. I didn't want to be an Indian. I rejected that side of me. And so God showed me that, and, re- and as a Christian, we shouldn't have any prejudice, any hate. And when you say, I never want to do something, it's probably, there's probably a reason behind it. And I've always said, I never want to go to India. I'm like, well, well it's the last place, you know. Um, so God sent me to India for six months. <laughs> Love God. That's because I've laid down my life. It's not my life, it's his life. And whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. I was hoping when I came back from Amsterdam, I spoke to my pastor about it. I was hoping he'd say, oh, no, you don't need to go to India. But he didn't. And so I went to India for six months. I had two contacts. And the second contact was um, a parent of this guy who I lived in a Christian block of flats. And so he, this, pastor, he, this guy is Dr. St- Salim. And he run a hospital, him and his wife run a hospital, providing free medical care, to the poor for hindus and muslims in this area it's a very poor area but the condition of having this free free treatment was you had to come to the morning church service okay there's always conditions so he kind of had like a worship time in the mornings so i had arrived there really late at night quite exhausted we said hello and everything and i went to bed five in the morning i hear the muslim call because it's a muslim area oh great And then I'm just spending time with the Lord, talking to him. And I hear the Lord say to me very clearly, today I'm going to restore a father to you. And I went, what? Because God's my father, right? I I knew God was my father. So I'm going, what? So I just put that aside, you know, you just shelve things, you know, maybe that was just me being a bit... And I go down to this church service in the hospital with all these patients and they're worshipping, and I sit next to Dr. Stanley, and they finish worshipping, and then he says, he stands up, and he says, today I want to introduce someone to you. And he looks at me, with a father's love, and he says, today I want to introduce you to Raj Kamari, this is before I was married, but this is not just Raj Kamari, this is my daughter. And it was like, thing in my spirit and my heart needed a physical father to acknowledge that, that he was willing to call me his daughter. See, my dad didn't want to. My dad was ashamed of me. I was disgusted, you know. And that just, I didn't realize I needed to hear that. And then the whole time I was, I was with him for about a month, we'd go to these poor villages and we literally would park up and all these people would come from the fields and we'd do all these meetings. And I could see how proud he was of me. I can see, like, everything my dad didn't do. Like, my, my dad never touched me. I used to go for hugs and he'd, like, push away while he's hugging my brothers. He would put his arm around me. He would be so proud. Everything that I wanted from my dad, I got from this doctor son. And do you know the weird thing about it? He actually looked like my dad. It's the weirdest thing. Wasn't expecting that. You may not have that. You may not need that. But God is just using him. So we are heirs. And you know one of the other things he said? He said after this meeting, this is how I knew it was authentic. He said, Raj, I mean it when I say you're my daughter. Anything you need. My kids know they can come to me. And anything they need, they can come to me. And I will give them. You, if you need anything, you come to me. We are heirs. We are heirs. And your Heavenly Father is saying, You're my children now. I acknowledge you. And anything you need, come to me. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to provide. I'm going to say to you, men, you are not the provider of your house. God is the provider, okay? He is the provider, We yeah. have heirs. And it's, and it says, um, in fact, together we are Christ with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. When you get the inheritance, you have someone has to die before you get an inheritance, right? Okay, you don't get an inheritance until someone dies. Except the prodigal son. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Jesus died. Jesus died, and he died, and now we get to share. We get to share in Jesus' sonship. We get to share in the power that he walked in. You all have got the ability to pray, to pray for the sick. You've all got the ability to walk in signs and wonders, and we get to walk in authority. Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, he has given us authority. And we've got to know that what Jesus walked out, so when you read your Bible and you see what Jesus is doing, I'm telling you, you can do the same thing because you've inherited it. When the day you became a Christian, that's your inheritance and you just got to believe it and start believing what he's given you. And then it says, like I said, you must also share in his suffering. The devil has come to steal, kill and destroy. And do you know what he's going to want to kill, steal, and destroy? Your identity as sons and daughters. He's, that's what's going to attack. So how does he do this? He does this with lies. He's a liar. He is a liar. In John eight forty four, talking about the devil, this is Jesus speaking. And he has always hated the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he's a liar and the father of lies. But before that verse, it says in John eight thirty two, For you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. So if the truth sets you free, what imprisons you? What makes you slaves? Lies. That's what the devil does. He's constantly lying, accusing you, saying you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that, you can't do this. He's constantly lying. So I want to ask you another question. It says here the devil is a father of lies. And I've been talking about God being your heavenly father. What father do you want to follow? Because you have a choice. There's two roads. What father do you want to follow? And you have to keep making that choice. And it's probably a daily choice. I choose to follow you, Jesus. I choose to follow you, Father God, today. We make that decision in our heart. Who do we choose to follow? So I want to take some time. These are now where the post-its going to come in play. If you haven't got a post-it or pen, can you put your hands up? Because there is pens down here. If you haven't got a post-it, everyone got a post-it. Okay, gonna do some work now, guys. Because I don't want to talk about stuff. Because the Bible says that we're not just to be hearers of the word, we've got to be doers, yeah? So we don't want to just talk about it because that's meaningless. But we want to do something with this. So we're gonna take some time now and deal with some of the lies. Up for that? Yeah. Okay? Let's kick some of these lies out of our minds, out of our lives, out of our hearts, yeah? So this is, I'm going to talk you through what we're going to do so then I can then just go through it. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Don't do it now. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes because I want you to focus on God. You need to know who. So often I imagine Jesus is there. If you struggle with your imagination, imagine the cross. You know, God is Emmanuel, God with us. He's always there, right? So imagine he's there or the cross, if that's easier. Because you want to know who you're talking to, Right? I always like if I we talk to the Father, we talk to Jesus. And when we do this stuff, I want you to speak it out. Because you want the devil to hear you're dealing with this lie, okay? You want to hear it yourself, and you want the Lord to hear it, okay? So I want you to speak as power in declaration, this power in what we speak. So, so we've got to speak this out. So we're going to ask the Lord what lie we're believing And I want to say, don't overthink it. I'm looking at my notes, making sure. Okay, don't. First thing that pops in your head, and it might be a memory. He might take you straight to a memory when you were a kid. He might. There might a feeling might come on, like a fear. He'll use your senses. It might be you taste something, and it reminds you of something. So be aware of all your senses. They're all there to be used and to be um, sanctified. Yeah. So he might use whatever way. Don't overthink it and don't take it, you don't take a long time. Lord, what lie am I believing? Then what we're gonna do is we're gonna repent of the lie. You see, when we believe a lie, we give it power, we empower it, and we come into agreement. And we need to repent of that. Then we need to renounce that lie, say I don't want anything to do with this lie anymore. I see it for what it is, it's a lie, I'm not having anything to do with it. Then we need to command... So, so who's the liar? It's the devil, right? So if you're listening to the lie, and the devil's spoken the lie, you've listened to it, you've actually took it on as a truth, you've walked it out, then sometimes this opens up for the demonic. Jesus didn't just heal the sick, he cast out demons. And sometimes lies open up to the demonic. And so I want us to kick out some of the demonic. And it doesn't have to be a big screaming session. We take authority of anything, so we're gonna we're gonna command anything that's come in to come out. Because sometimes I also want it to be a generational thing through when we pray. So once we've done that, we're gonna close the door. We're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, and then we're gonna ask the Lord, what truth do you want me to believe instead? And that so the post-it's are, the speech bubble is the lie, the thought that He puts in you. Yeah. Okay. That's the. Uh, and that's an external thing, right? This doesn't belong to you. The heart is where we're going to put the truth. Jesus, what truth do you want me to have instead? And you're going to write. Don't write anything yet, guys, because we're not started. Please don't write. Because we're not. I want us to be, I'm going to pray you through this. Okay, so don't write. Because we'll do. Because we'll end up doing it in the head. I want the Holy Spirit to guide this time, okay? And then that heart is going to be the truth. And you're going to take that home with you. Okay, we're we ready. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. So close your eyes, guys. Jesus, you are here. Father God, you are here. (coughs) Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we just come into your presence now. So just imagine Jesus in front of you. And then I want to say this out loud. Jesus. Is there any lies I am believing? And then write it down on the speech bubble. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit. Any blocks would just be removed in Jesus' name. Okay. Then we're gonna repent. So if you want to repeat after me, everyone got a lie. Yeah, everyone written. Yeah. Everyone's got their eyes closed. That's the right thing to do. Focus. Say, focus on Jesus, because we're going to talk to Jesus. Jesus, I repent in believing this lie, and in any way I've come into agreement with this lie. And have empowered this lie with actions and behaviours. I repent today. I break any vows or oaths I have made because of this lie. In Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to renounce. In the name of Jesus. I renounce, have passion with this. You want to get rid of this, right? In the name of Jesus, I renounce this lie and say what the lie is. I renounce this lie of. And I cancel every effect it has had on my life. On my children. On my children's children. In Jesus' name. Amen. Because this stuff can go from generation to generation to generation. And we want to break it now. Now we're going to command. So, in, so guys, I want you to be... You're kicking the devil out. You're kicking him out. So you've got to assert your authority here. You have authority. So how much you want to get rid of this lie in your life? How much you want to get rid of any demonic things that have come in because of that lie? Use your authority. So in the name of Jesus and the authority given to me. I command and cast out all demonic influence, all demonic powers, principalities, rulers of this dark age. I command you to go. Anything that's come in because of believing this lie, I command to leave. You get out. In Jesus' name. Get out of my family. Get out of my home. Get out of my mind. Get out of my spirit. And in the name of Jesus, I take back the ground. I close every door that is open see that door shut, guys. See it shut. The door of fear, the door of rejection. See it shut. Shame, guilt, see it shut. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Take that place. Take that place, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we're going to ask the Lord for the truth. And this is where you need your hearts. Lord Jesus, what truth do you want me to believe instead of this lie? And write it on your hearts. Now we need to receive that truth, because we can hear it, but we need to receive in our hearts, we need that revelation. So I want you to put your, your hand on your heart. And look at Jesus, okay? Lord Jesus, I choose to receive this truth. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come, Lord, affirm them right now. Every place, affirm them in that truth. Right now, that's their truth. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It takes, they say, about 30 days to break a habit. And for some of us, these lies have been a stronghold. They've been with us for such a long time. So you might need to take... 30 days, maybe this Lent, 40 days, and renounce that lie and declare that truth over you and your family. Let's break these lies. Yeah. So some of you might need to do this, Take, a, make a commitment to do this through Lent as well. I just want to take a moment. Um, I talked about the Father's love, and I talked about the fact that if you're a Christian, then you're going to be adopted in this family.
1: And I just want to give you an opportunity.
0: So, if everyone still close their eyes, I want to give you an opportunity. Because sometimes we've come away from the, our Father. We've gone and followed the Father of lies. And some of us may have not even given our hearts to Jesus, and then said that we want to follow. And if you are here today, and you want to recommit your heart to Jesus, because you realise you are far away from Him. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, and you want God to be your Father, you want that, you want that relationship. Then I want to ask you to be hand out, because I'd love to pray for you. No one's looking. It's between you and God. But if you want to make that decision today, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Amen. So I'm just going to lead you into a prayer. Lord Jesus, if everyone says this, Lord Jesus, Jesus. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for doing my own thing. Lord, I give my heart to you. I want to be your daughter, I want to be your son, I want to come back to my father's house. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your power. Come, Holy Spirit. I receive you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And that's the worship band to come up. If you would like prayer, it's a lot of, I'm, I'm sorry, it was a lot of show, but if you would like prayer for anything, and if you, you know, we are here, Steve's here, anyone else, Michelle, um, I love Michelle's testimony, it was so nice. <laughs> so thank you Michelle, it took courage, so well done. Um, so we were, we're here to pray, if you d- don't want need prayer, then let's worship our king of kings Adali. daddy. Okay, so over to the worship guys.